Thank you, Mr. Chair. I'm happy to join with the Chair in welcoming all of you to the March Board Meeting. I also join with Chairperson Schmidt in commending the team that's worked on ASAP, or ASAP, the uh, Senior University Dean John Mogulescu, University Dean Donna Linderman, and their team for their tremendous success. And I also want to compliment the presidents of our community colleges, without whose cooperation, participation, and enthusiastic role in this, we would not have been uh, successful. At the MDRC announcement last week that the chair mentioned, the mayor was represented by First Deputy Mayor Tony Shores, who participated with us, and it was clear took pride in the city's investment uh, in our success. ASAP now operates at seven CUNY colleges, and we're about to launch a new pilot program at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. ASAP's stunning results in boosting graduation rates deserve the national attention the program has received. According to MDRC's study, not only are more than half of ASAP students graduating within three years, more than 40% graduate <coughs> in two and a half years, compared to 15% in the comparison group. Best of all, because the program generates so many more graduates, the cost per degree is lower, despite the substantial investment to operate the program. So ASAP produces more graduates in less time for less money. There's good reason that CUNY and ASAP were singled out by President Obama as a program others should emulate. In fact, I, I look forward. We sent uh, Governor Haslam from Tennessee a packet of material today uh, we continue to work with the community colleges in Ohio. Uh, I firmly believe that if more community colleges across the country would adopt uh, ASAP-like programs, it would significantly change the community college experience for the better. We have received both the governor's executive budget for fiscal 2015-16 to and the mayor's fiscal year 2015-16 to preliminary budget and have been reviewing them and discussing them with policymakers in both the city and in Albany. Both have some positive developments. I have outlined some from the executive budget of the state previously. With the city's budget, most notably, the multi-year $150 million commitment from the mayor to support STEM graduates and other programs at our community colleges, including the expansion of ASAP, will enter its second year as planned. I'm going to ask Vice Chancellor Sapienza to review a few key points regarding the state budget when I'm finished, including changes since the last meeting of the board through the 30-day amendment process, but first I want to offer a few comments of my own. Our top priority remains the resolution of our collective bargaining agreements with the faculty and staff. As you know, the university's contract with our faculty expired in 2010. It's essential that we get the state's support for the terms of an agreement that would be in line with those of other unions, including retroactive increases that would recognize the commitment of our faculty and staff. Years without across-the-board increases are <coughs> creating a deepening problem. We're in a competition for talent, and our faculty salaries are well below that of other public universities in the region. With record enrollments and a universally recognized need to increase educational attainment levels, we cannot afford to lose qualified faculties or be unable to recruit new faculty. The imperative of reaching a resolution with our faculty and staff is clear. If CUNY is to attract and retain top talent, we must, as we must, we need a collective bargaining agreement with appropriate salary and benefits. I have made this point clear in every 
single conversation I have had with state and city officials. In that regard, it's been suggested to me that I could be more clear in making it known that I'm including CUNY's dedicated and hardworking adjunct instructors when discussing the need for a new contract. I didn't realize there was any confusion, but let me be very clear. Our adjunct faculty deserve recognition and long overdue raises. They provide a critical component to our ability to offer a high quality education to our students, and we are grateful for their contributions. Now, even without taking into account a contract with our faculty and staff, the proposed executive budget presents some significant cuts to the senior colleges. $51 million, or a little over 4% of the senior college base aid budget would be reduced by this budget. This includes unfunded mandatory needs of $25 million for fringe benefits, $10 million for energy costs, $8 million for building rentals, and $8 million for salary steps that have previously been included in the state's budget. It's clear from the 2011 State Higher Education Act that these amounts were not to be funded from tuition. However, that is in fact the only source of additional available funding in the budget. So unless this shortfall is addressed by the legislature, we will be in a difficult position. In addition to the fiscal matters in the budget, there are a number of substantive policy changes that we believe require much discussion and review before adoption. These are matters that go to the heart of academic decision-making and governance. And I'll ask Matt to uh, review uh, several of them with you when he discusses the budget. I know that you join me in urging the legislature to address these matters, both fiscal and policy. As a first step in that process, on February 10th, I appeared before the New York State Senate Finance and Assembly Ways and Means Committees. I had the opportunity to meet after with several members of the leadership for further discussions. I want to mention the good work of our presidents, their staff, the faculty, and students in carrying the same message to our elected officials. We're pleased that so many delegations have traveled to Albany on an ongoing basis, uh, including some today. I had dinner uh, last week, Thursday, with Trustee Awaji, and he was having trouble keeping his eyes open. I assumed it was my company, but <laughs> he assured me that it was because he got up at 4.30 that morning to join six busloads of students traveling to Albany for a lobby day. We could not have more authentic and effective advocates on CUNY's behalf, and I want to thank Trustee Awaji and his colleagues in the Student Senate and the student bodies at CUNY for their strong support and their good work. Within days of my testimony, I made a second visit to Albany, which was downright celebratory. <coughs> Chairperson Schmidt mentioned, we held the CUNY Black Puerto Rican Hispanic and Asian Caucus Luncheon joined with a number of trustees, as the chair mentioned, we had the great honor of presenting the CUNY Educational Leadership Award to Ms. Arva Rice, President and CEO of the New York Urban League, an institution that for 90 years has helped underserved communities surmount educational and economic obstacles, and most recently published the Parents' Guide to STEM. Second award went to David Banks, a CUNY alumnus and the founder of the Eagle Academy Foundation, dedicated to providing young urban men quality education and supporting them to achieve their highest aspirations. We look forward to enrolling their graduates. Uh, we will have 
some competition for their graduates. I met one of them at the 100 Black Men uh, celebration a little over a week ago who had applied to and been accepted at 22 colleges across the country. Uh, so we're going to have to uh, step up our recruiting game. We were joined that day at the celebration by many state legislators, including the newly elected speaker, Carl Hasty, the Secretary of State, Eric Schneiderman, State Controller Tom DiNapoli, and City Controller Scott Stringer. We received great media coverage for an event, and it was terrific to see the support that CUNY has from so many of our state officials. If you haven't been to one of these events before, I would urge you to attend one in the future. <laughs> Not only is it a great showing of our students and our friends in Albany, but it is a chance to see why Jay Hershenson is a leading candidate to replace Jon Stewart on The Daily Show. <laughs> <coughs> there are a number of uh, developments relating to CUNY's ongoing work in sustainability in many areas. I plan to report more fully on this in the future. I know it's an area that the entire board is interested in. Today I'm pleased to report that CUNY will receive an $860,000 grant from the Department of Energy to help develop the market for resilient solar power in New York City and New York State so that solar installations can operate during power outages. This investment will be increased by the state to a total of 1.3 million. It's conceived and managed by University Director of Sustainability, Tria Case. The latest New York City executive budget includes three new positions for solar ombudsmen to continue CUNY's work in making the city and straight state make greater use of renewable energy. We're pleased to continue to play a role in this work. Our ongoing work in Jamaica Bay to make the federal marshlands more resilient to storm damage is continuing to progress. And the New York City uh, Department of Administrative Services announced that CUNY's community colleges will receive an additional $2 million for a total of $8 million to make our campuses more energy efficient. And finally, uh, a $500,000 grant from the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority will fund a new project by Sanjay <coughs> Banerjee, director of the CUNY Energy Institute, to develop a next-generation battery for energy <coughs> storage that is long-lasting, high-energy, low-cost, and safe for urban environments. Uh, we continue to be uh, deeply involved in efforts both in the city and state and the nation. Uh, to find uh, uh, strategies for sustainable uh, energy and sustainable uh, cities. Uh, finally, this year, something that this board has been used to uh, probably every year at this time, CUNY has received, again, uh, a large number of regional Emmy Award nominations this year, an unprecedented eight such nominations. I want to commend CUNY TV and Director Robert Isaacson for this impressive showing. Stay tuned for the announcement of the winners on May 2nd. We hope we won't go into double overtime that evening. Uh, now with uh, um, uh, your permission, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to ask uh, Vice Chancellor Sapienza to add uh, a few elements from the, his analysis of the, of the state budget proposal. Thank you, Chancellor. Good afternoon, everyone. The Chancellor talked about in his remarks some of the, the numbers and some of the, um, the shortfalls that we're facing in the budget. But what I want to spend a few minutes on is talking about the policy initiatives that the Governor included in his executive proposal, because there were several higher education initiatives that he proposed. Um, the first one that he announced, which was even before the budget came out, was the Get On Your Feet Loan Forgiveness Program, whereby students who attended 
college in New York and continue to live in New York and who participate in the federal pay-as-you-earn program, if those students earn less than $50,000 a year, the state would cover the costs of their loan payments for the first two years. So that was a financial aid program that he had proposed. <coughs> um, some of the academic um, items that he proposed, um, he called for the elimination of state education department approval for new program and degree requirements. So new program and degree requirements would only need board of trustee approval at both CUNY and SUNY and would not necessarily need to go to the state education department under, under that proposal. Another um, item that he proposed that has a significant academic impact is he called for a requirement um, for graduation for every student at SUNY and CUNY um, need, would need to have a component of experiential learning as part of their curriculum. Um, and so that, again, was something that has a significant academic impact. He also called for some administrative um, changes, such as um, the proposal to have CUNY and SUNY work together to consolidate some back office functions, such as human resources, IT, and finance. And then the last two I want to mention, I want to spend a little time on these because as the Chancellor mentioned in his remarks, um, there were some changes to, the, to these last two, and that is the DREAM Act and performance improvement plans. Um, so first, the DREAM Act. The DREAM Act um, would include support um, for undocumented students by allowing them to apply for state tuition assistance, something that the university has been very supportive of um, for many years and the governor's budget does include support for, for the DREAM Act. Um, in the governor's proposal, he called for this, for the DREAM Act to be tied to another proposal, which was the Education Tax Credit <coughs> Initiative, whereby folks who provide um, support um, for education um, initiatives or education programs throughout the state um, would get a tax credit um, at the end of the year. And so those two items, the Education Tax Credit and the DREAM Act, were tied together in the Governor's Executive Budget Proposal. Neither of them were, in the way it was crafted, and the way the language was crafted, can be approved on their own. They had to be either approved together or, or dismissed together by the legislature. Um, the other item that I want to talk about is performance improvement plans. The Governor added $12 million in his budget proposal for CUNY's senior colleges, 18 million for SUNY senior colleges, um, that would help colleges reach certain goals um, that is called for in these performance improvement plans. Things like improving access, improving completion rates, um, improving post-graduation outcomes. Um, there, there were many items that were called for as part of these performance improvement plans, um, and the $12 million would go to help colleges meet those goals. There were no funds added for the community colleges as part of the performance improvement plans, although the proposal calls for the community colleges to participate in submitting the plans. And the executive budget also included language that said 10% of CUNY's appropriation at both the senior colleges and the community colleges would be held in reserve until the plans were submitted to the state. So, the governor proposed his executive budget um, on January 21st. As part of state law, the governor then has 30 days to submit amendments to that budget. And so about 10 days ago, the governor did um, submit 
um, dozens of amendments to his executive budget. And two of them that I want to mention today um, are in regards to those last two items I mentioned, the DREAM Act and performance improvement plans. So first, the DREAM Act. Um, I just mentioned a minute ago that in the executive proposal, the DREAM Act was tied to the education tax credit, and it's still tied to that as part of the amendments, but the one change that the governor made to that was both of these items are now tied to TAP appropriations, meaning that if both of those items do not pass as part of the adopted budget, that uh, funding for TAP would not be released by the state for the next academic year. Um, so that's a major change that was made by the governor as part of the 30-day amendments. Um, on the performance improvement plans, the 30-day the amendments included another um, approval level, which is um, the, the initial executive budget proposal calls for 10% of the funds to be held in reserve until the plans are approved by the Board of Trustees and submitted to the state. But the 30-day amendments called for um, the plans to also be approved by the state budget director until our 10% um, total appropriation that would be held in reserve would be released. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that you were aware of not only these initiatives that are proposed as, as part of the executive budget that have um, significant policy impact, but also the changes that were made in the 30-day amendments that, that changed the original executive budget proposal that we had uh, discussed at last month's Board of Trustees meeting. Happy to take any questions. With the trustees' permission, I'd like to uh, read a short statement into the record uh, as regards Governor Cuomo's mandate for experiential learning requirements for all students <coughs> in CUNY and SUNY. This will not take too long, but I think it's a critical issue. While there may be benefits to experiential learning, the abbreviated time frame and the circumvention of normal curriculum approval processes at both the faculty and the Board of Trustees level requires that we identify some concerns for consideration as this process unfolds. There are three particular concerns that I'd like to raise. Student concerns, institutional concerns, and curricular concerns. I have a few highlights for each one. With regard to student concerns, Unpaid experiential learning requirements resulting in additional non-classroom hours may unduly burden working students and or students who are primary caregivers. Some students may already have ample experiential learning. International students and students attending online may have limitations on their ability to work. Some community college students may be unclear about their ultimate career aspirations complicating the identification of suitable experiential learning opportunities. Institutional concerns that the board, this board should think about includes implementing an experiential learning program of, across 21 campuses and a quarter of a million students will require significant allocation of resources for revising curriculum, securing placements, interf interviewing students, and providing oversight in the field. Committing to this mandate may negatively impact CUNY's budget in the future as the governor moves to a pay-for-performance plan, since completion of experiential learning opportunities may be beyond the university's control, but will impact retention and graduation rates. 
In addition, the university may be exposed to workplace issues including compensation, sexual harassment, discrimination, workplace violence, etc. The addition of experiential learning for credit will require either expanding current programs or eliminating academic coursework. This carries implications for previous curricular policies of the board. The governor's proposal, depending on how it evolves, and that of course is important, will impact in an uncertain way the life of every student of CUNY. More fundamentally, the governor's proposal creates a dangerous precedent and opens this university to whatever the then current curricula flavor of the month will be. Taking the decisions out of the hands of the faculty and the board is a mistake. Having said that, we hope the board will engage with the chancery and the faculty on these and other concerns and the faculty look forward to collaborating to make this policy as palatable as possible. Thank you. And Mr. Chairman, if I could just add to Professor Martel's remarks um, on experiential learning that um, although the requirement is included in the executive budget proposal, there were no additional funds added in the executive budget proposal to, to implement this new requirement. Are there other comments or, or questions uh, for the chancellor or for uh, Matt on their reports? Yes, uh, one quick question on the uh, holding of the, uh, thank you, the TAP funds hostage, for lack of a better word, to the passage of uh, both the um, DREAM Act as well as the tax credit program. Is it the entire TAP program that is held up for the passage of these two? Okay. Yes, be, there would be no TAP appropriations that would be made in the next academic year if those two um, proposals are not passed by the legislature. For the student representative, I'm prepared to march with you. <laughs> Uh, are there other comments or questions uh, on the Chancellor's report or for <coughs> what Matt, Matt has reported? Yeah. All right, yes. Uh, Just one, Matt. Do, do you know what kind of response there's been in the legislature to these recent changes over the last 30 days? Um, we've had discussion with, with, um, at the, on the staff <coughs> level with folks um, from both uh, Senate Finance and Assembly Ways and Means about it. Um, there's concern that's, that's been communicated. Um, and I'm sure this will be a big part of the negotiations that happen with the executive branch as part of the adopted budget. But there has been concern that's been communicated to us for those amendments. Can I make a comment? Yes. If I can just make a quick comment. The uh, legislature has to first agree to uh, what are called avails, how much revenues are available. Once there is agreement on avails, both houses are moving towards uh, one-house resolutions where the Senate will express its views on the executive budget and the Assembly will express its views on the executive budget. And that's when the real negotiations begin. Other questions or, or comments? Uh, all right. Um, th thank you, uh, Mr. Chancellor. Thank you, Matt.